What's up, guys? Uh, welcome back to Oops the Podcast. I'm Julio Gallarotti, joined by Francis. Mm. Francis, how are you? Our last, our last Barstool episode, our last Francis co-host episode. We have Ryan here. Chris could yep. not be with us, unfortunately. He's in Italy, living his best life. Uh, he's here in spirit. Mm. And what a bittersweet day it is. Yeah, end of an era. End of an era. End of uh, an era. Beginning of a new one. That's it. Um, but dude, you know, it's, it's a bummer. You know, our time was cut to our time was cut short. Like many good things are. Um, and it's been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed getting to know you over the microphone all these years. Yeah. Yeah. On and off the microphone. Hard to believe it's been as long as it has. Yeah. I guess 2019 summer we started. So about four years. Surreal. Pretty crazy. Surreal. Uh, uh i'm trying to think about you air know conditioning just kicked in oh dude, wow like. wow sweet thing that is. can i pass you guys a little uh strawberry rhubarb oh, oh. God, Ryan, you dirty dirty boy wow oh my god oh my god we have some pie thank you ryan some comfort food it's a tough day um i miss you man i i really i enjoy doing this with you um, it's too bad, you know. <laughs> you're, you're like, <laughs> this is Victoria's yeah. doing. Yeah. Mm. I didn't know if, when a good time to pass that out would be. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> All right, dude, it's been a good. Mm. <laughs> mm. No, I want to keep going, but I'm gonna. You're going hard, so I'm gonna. So maybe, maybe what? Here, eat, eat, and while you're doing it, I'm gonna talk about reminisce a little bit. We had some really fun, good moments on the pod, man. We, I'm trying to think if we had any like crazy situations. The amount of times we said shit that got us in trouble in our personal lives is pretty impressive. Francis, especially, uh, just unbelievable. Like situation after situation that would be like once in a lifetime traumatizing situation. Francis was going through once a week at one point. I mean, it was just <laughs> fucking crazy. So you've really come a long way from that. You don't really do that as much anymore. No, learned. You've learned your lesson a bit. Uh, you know, we. I don't want to jinx you because, you know, I yeah, I remember the one on your ski trip. That one was hilarious, dude. You remember that? You looked shit on the town while you guys were still on your ski trip. And oh, it, yeah. and then everyone ha- like hated you <laughs> while you were still there. <laughs> and the group that you were with was like, dude, are you serious? <laughs> we couldn't go to a bar. Yeah. They were denied entry from a bar. Um, dude, too funny. But yeah, some good stuff. Started in Francis. Started in Francis's apartment. Ended up here, the old bar stool. We a lot of pandemic episodes. Um, it's been a good time, man. Mm. Been a good run as we sit here and eat pie. <laughs> okay, I'm done. So I have very fond memories. I remember, you know, one one really particular day really comes to mind was in when we were living in chelsea and it was the fall I forgot about that apartment it was the fall and uh we went out to a bar in the afternoon and and then we came back to our apartment and that was the origin of the lime shards oh you're right tequila what bar did we go to it was, I remember that hang. Mm-hmm. The the dog Gustavo was there, if I recall. Right? Yes, I think he was. 
The bar was that that bar in the West Village that has a couple of TVs, half in, indoors, half outdoors. My my fond memories, you know, I have as many fond memories with you from our time in the podcast recording as I do not recording. And I think part of the reason was it be- became very clear early on that whatever crazy experiences we would have together uh, would be good for us to then recount totally. on the pod and that we would enjoy it because we would see we would learn about how each each other saw something unfold mm-hmm. um which was always a really fun thing i'm trying to think too i mean yeah those all those pandemic episodes we did some of the we've had some amazing guests mm-hmm. remember when we recorded with pete davidson yeah yeah i do remember that I do remember that. We were unable to air that one, unfortunately. Um, which it would be funny if watch when we're done, the, my first guest is him, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Currently wearing his merch. <laughs> he made that? Yeah. Well, it's funny because I did Raleigh right after he had done it for an entire week, and he, he left a bunch of his merch there. And so it was there, and like obviously he would let me have these. It's funny because this is I still I technically did because... I didn't actually ask him. I just ripped him out of the, out of the box. Um, mm. But yeah, dude, that was fun. That was our only field trip episode. Remember that? Right, right. It's funny too because there was like a bunch of people there. Yeah, we, we've done this so long that it's tough to almost pinpoint, you know, specific things. Yeah, but I do. I remember the the, the episode where we smoked the weed was really fun. That was a fun run. Um, Ryan, any fun memories? Um. I think I mentioned it before, but before I started working with you guys, I was bringing my phone into the shower with me. It was just that kind of addiction during COVID. And I saw the clip of you talking to Noah. Yeah. And that just got me laughing so hard. (laughs) And that's what got me to just continue listening. Um, Yeah. That's what got me to go back and start over, I think, 100 episodes and then catch up. Wow. Um, so that was one of my favorite. That, that was what got me into Oops. Mm-hmm. And then I think just, uh, I, can't, I can't pinpoint specific Ping pong match was things. pretty awesome. Mm. Ping pong. That yeah, that funny. was fun. Yeah. But me personally, um, there's just so many random days where we would record and I would just get the giggles. and Or some topics would hit so close to home and just be so funny. Or, and I think I can speak on behalf of a lot of, a lot of the listeners. You know, something very specific that happened to you guys that you bring up on an episode, people are going to, people listen and they're like, oh my God, that just happened to me. Yeah. And uh, it was all the little things and the mm-hmm. little tiny details that I love the most that I thought was special. Um, but nothing specific pops. Yeah, man. Just, you know, doing, doing it for many years, a lot of fun times, a lot of funny memories, good shit. Yeah, I'm very proud of what we did. I'm very proud of it. It's the longest professional relationship that i've had with anyone and that's with you guys and specifically ug it's the longest project that i've ever worked on Mm -hmm. consistently same um and yeah there was just there was no reason to stop ever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we never you know we never had a a moment that was something we couldn't overcome together and uh i think a lot of people you know uh, that's typically what happens, and and uh, 
I don't know. In a way, yeah. It's, I'll look back fondly. Oh, man, the live shows at City Winery. Bro, bro job, Bob. Boston and New York were so fun. Um, were those the only two live shows that we did? New we York did and two, Boston? We did two in Boston, but yeah. Two in Boston and two in New York. Going to the Celtics game. That was fun. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just traveling. We got some fun stuff coming up, though. Yeah. I'm excited for our Jacksonville gig. Yeah, we haven't really talked about that at all. Yeah. Um, that'll, you know, that'll, you guys will be seeing sprinkles of that. Uh, that show's happening later in the year. That'll yeah. be fun. Um, but yeah, dude. So, good run, whatever. <laughs> like, every time I want to, I don't, I want to be like, like that about it but it's hard because you know like it's just uh you know feels like we had a lot we together had a lot have a lot to offer the people and yeah it is what it is well you never know you never know this is uh it's what do they say it's not goodbye it's good luck farewell (laughs) usually see it see you later see you later yeah see you later uh i don't know that i don't think that this is the end of our professional you know tie at all um and i'll be seeing you around the new york comedy scene and you know hopefully uh enjoying some major developments in your life as as they come and maybe uh who knows who knows we'll see to the moon yeah um well i guess you know might as well Get into business as usual. Get into business as usual. Um, One last run around the old circuit of nonsense. I got a good airport uh, <laughs> airport tidbit. Okay. I was flying out of Atlanta to come back to New York. For whatever reason, TSA pre-check did not pop up on my boarding pass. Okay. I call, dude, and the amount of calls I made before I got on the plane are actually, it's actually pretty impressive. I called the JetBlue Mosaic hotline twice. And both times they were like, they blamed TSA pre-check for the problem. Mm. Uh, they, I reprinted my boarding pass. It just would not pop up. And I'm like, oh, like, have I done something? Like, so I call pre-check. You can call pre-check. Oh. I get through to the government or whatever. Wow. And they're like, we're going to have a, a pre-check expert look into this and figure out what was wrong. Dude, the clear line at the Atlanta airport, 35 minutes without pre-check. Oh, God. It was like waiting at JFK for a flight. It was crazy. So I'm just sitting there so mad. I had to take my shoes off. Dude, listen to this. Take your computer out of the bag. <laughs> computer comes down. I grab it. As I grab it, I see another computer that looks like my computer coming down. A woman grabs it. I go, should we just check? We open it. I, it's her computer. I have her computer. <laughs> I have her computer. Okay. Oh, if I pre-check, I wouldn't have to fucking take the computer oh, out. Oh, I see, I see, But I dude, see. why am I holding <laughs> her computer? Like, like what chaos? And she wasn't even like, oh, thank God. She just went. Uh-huh. Like, she didn't even acknowledge. Swat. That it was good that you said maybe that we I have each other's that, computer. I would yeah. just had this lady's computer. Uh, what a <laughs> joke, dude. <laughs> it sucked. It fully sucked ass, man. Like, just true. And then it turned out that somehow my birthday on my reservation didn't match my official one. Oh no but I, it's the same so i'm really worried that i'm gonna have issues with this in the future and it's gonna i, I just i really hope that i don't hmm. but that that pre-check told me the official reason why was the birthday did not exactly match on my JetBlue boarding pass the way that it did on my thing that's so weird it was beat dude that's beat 
beat. That is no good, amigo. The clear pre-check combo, if you're flying a dozen times or more a year, you need it. Yeah. Uh, not having it is really a handicap. Uh, I can't even imagine at this point going backwards. To me, it's as, as outdated as you know getting in the pay toll with cash line. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Really, really brutal. As opposed to the easy pass. Yeah, really tough. I had a funny moment happen during one of my shows. The, a guy, you ever see a guy in the crowd where you're like, I need to make sure that guy likes me or it's going to be distracting for the entire show? Uh, yeah. So I see this guy. Absolutely. I see, I see that guy in the crowd. Okay. And you never know. <laughs> and this just goes to show like you never know who the good or bad people are going to be at your show. You just see somebody you're like, that guy looks like he's here randomly. Mm. I want to make sure that he's on board with what's happening. So I start talking to the guy, whatever. It turns out his name's Jim. And he, mm -hmm. he had an accent. He was like, Jim. 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 Uh, and I was like, we should trade names, Jim. I was like, I'll be Jim. You be Julio. And like, whatever. It's this funny thing. Interesting. Nobody did, nobody did, right? 40 minutes later, dude, in the show. I call him out. I'm like, right, Jim? And he goes, you mean Julio? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Jim, you dog. You dog. I did not think you Jimothy. had it in you. I did not think you had it in you. He is Jim. He was a great guy. Good old Jim. Talked uh -huh. to him after the show, too. And you got to love little stuff like that, dude. And it you know, just goes to show you can never judge the book by its cover. Um, and as comedians, you know, it's part of what we do is sort of like, making fun of people judging people <laughs> to a degree yeah. like usually it's something serious but when it comes to the audience you can ne you never really know who the the best audience members are going to be right right you know i um i wanted to tell you about this thing so have you followed at all the baby gronk saga no do you know who that is no are you aware ryan about baby gronk yeah okay so there's this character on the internet named baby gronk his real name is Madden San Miguel. He's not related to Gronkowski? Not at all. He's a 10-year-old boy. And he's a football player. And apparently a very good one. One who is much bigger than all of his classmates. And if you were to believe the internet, he is a standout prospect for the top <laughs> football programs in the country. Already? Alabama, USC, they all have their eye on him. And he's 10 years old. That's, that's the narrative, right? There are all these flashy highlight clips of him making one-handed catches over far smaller kids in these little, you know, flag football leagues. And he's been photographed with celebrities. He's become, he's got like 350,000 followers on Instagram. And I had an exchange with this kid, or so I thought it was his dad, when I they reached out to me to see if, I might interview him for the United States of Kids. And I said, oh, well, this kid's kind of a character and that could work. And okay, sure. I'm coming to Texas. Let's, let's set it up. As we got closer, I got a call from the dad and he, I remember him distinctly saying to me, do, you know, how big can we make this thing? Let, how do we blow this thing up? And I was like, well, you know, I I'll post it. You know. I don't know. It, we've been getting some good views, kind of <laughs> like uh, it's under Barstool, yada, yada. And he said, oh, well, we've got this football tournament we got to get to in, in Dallas or something. Uh, 
or Austin, so I'm not sure if we can make it happen. And it it almost felt you're getting big time, but it felt Glock. like I hadn't given him the answer that was enough to justify them sticking around for the interview. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> Which you know, up to that point, the series had just been kids who were happy to come talk to me, so that was a little bit unusual. Fast forward a number of months. Uh. I was getting messages from someone else who had interviewed Baby Gronk and his dad was there and the dad just kept cutting in and telling the kid what to say, feeding him answers. They would ask the kid a question and the dad would answer it and it just was a very weird dynamic. That person told me about that who ran that podcast and he said that he had the raw footage for... Of of that all happening, which hadn't been seen because all the clips that had been released per Baby Gronk's dad, who runs his social channels and stuff, had been the answers they had wanted the, the internet and the world to see. So I got that raw footage. I had Ryan cut it up with just the pieces of the dad feeding the kid answers. We posted it on Twitter. It now has 6.1 million views on my on tweet on Twitter. Wow. 17,000 retweets or something, you know, it's, I don't know what it is, some crazy big tweet. And uh, in conjunction with that, Will Compton from Bustin' with the Boys came out and said that Baby Gronk's dad had been hounding him to have them bring Baby Gronk on their podcast. And all of a sudden, the rumors were really starting to come out that this kid's dad was like being really weird about his kid, trying to make him chase clout and all that. And it made me wonder, you know, are are we entering an age where parents are going to push their kids towards clout and social media status in the same way that parents used to push their kids to be really good at tennis mm. or chess? Is Richard Williams or yeah, like that? math league experts or whatever? You know, is that mm. the next frontier for overbearing parenting? Well, so this kid's good at football too, though, right? Which is interesting. It's interesting that, you know, that personality type is able to sort of be pushy on all fronts. You know what I mean? Push the kid, push the people yeah, around. Right. And I wonder if it's easier when you're doing it by proxy like that, as opposed to like, if it were you, is it easier to like be annoying when it's, when it's your kid? Probably. Hmm. Right. I, I guess. Like hockey parents, that's like such a thing. Well, I've learned that everyone judges parenting no matter what. We all judge the way that someone parents. How do you think you're going to be like this when you're a parent? Like how pushy are you going to be with your kid? And like, or are you going to be, I, like I always wonder about that. I think that all depends on how much my kid figures it out for him or herself. Well, let's just assume that a kid is, is incapable of figuring it out. Yeah, they need a lot of, direction and a lot of hands-on guidance then i'll have no choice i don't want my kid to fail early on in life and set themselves back and limit their options because you know i just said oh well i'll let i'll let them be they need to learn on their own and as a result they get you know d's in school and then find out too late that they need to kick it into gear and, and get going Right, 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 right. But, you know, I'll do my best. I, look, man. Let's say they're not bad. Let's say they're doing fine in school or whatever, and they're a promising athlete, but sometimes you're questioning their commitment and how bad do they want it. Are you trying to push them for greatness? 
I think I think I will hope that you know by saying hey you got to just do whatever it is that you want to do and if this is not what you want then take some time off and step away and hope that if they decide they want to come back to it then great and if not it's not for me to mold my child into a person um that I want them to be and I actually think I'm very lucky in that I don't have a whole lot of regrets about my career or the experiences that I've had so I'm not going to foist those opportunities on my kid as a means of filling a gap in my own life for my own legacy you know when I was your age, I had all the talent in the world. Yeah, yeah. And if only I had lo- focused on my studies or focused on my three-pointer instead of chasing skirts all over town in my <laughs> Coupe de Ville, oh, I wouldn't be uh, you know, forging steel now. I'd be in the NFL. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to be, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm going to be like, hey, listen, you know, I went a certain way. It worked out for me. Do your best. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that is correct. But uh, what do we? What do we know? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know what our kids are gonna try to do. I think that trouble is the main thing that you have to coach them away from. Mm. Right. Hey, you shouldn't be huffing window cleaner fumes behind the cvs in town that's a road to nowhere Mm -hmm. young fran i don't know yeah yeah right yeah right keep him keep him away from any life-altering mistakes yeah you know uh yeah i wonder i wonder like what happens when your kid comes home high for the first time how are you gonna handle that i just don't know it's hard to like I, I so many other things like come into play for how that the, that reaction is, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. I, I I I'm curious to see like how I feel when like like when that thing clicks in your brain when you finally have a kid. They say that it changes you, you know. I'm interested about that. What that feels like. Right. You know what that is. I don't know either. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to speculate about it without understanding the feeling. Somebody of mine that is is they're having a kid soon made an interesting point to me and he said that he and his wife had 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 a really hard time conceiving and so when they finally did get pregnant and now that they're, you know, only a couple of weeks away because of the challenge of the pregnancy of of becoming pregnant he's filled with so much more uh great great gratitude mm. and 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 joy than if it just happened right away if it just happened right away and kind of he was like well yeah you know this is the way it is and this is what we were trying and happened and i i hope i'm a good dad mm-hmm. you know there's much more intention i think though i hate to say this the longer you try to get pregnant mm-hmm. um in a way it probably gives at least it would probably give me more time to come around to being so grateful 
and thinking, wow, this truly is like a, a, a miracle that people say it is, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally. By the way, the what's it called conversation reminded me, what is Pop Warner? It's a football league. Um, for children? For, yeah, it's like little, it's the little it league of, uh, of, of football. Who's Pop? Who's Warner? <laughs> little league has a literary, you know what I mean? Like a literal meaning. Uh-huh. He was a college football. That's a guy. Coach. Pop, his name Pop Warner. Yeah. Hmm. What team? Uh, it says various. Let me look. He coached various teams, okay. Pop Cornell. Warner. Sticks out. Oh, wow. 1897 to 98. <laughs> okay. Did he start some sort of youth league thereafter? Give me a few. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah, dude, I, I wonder about I wonder about bringing bringing kids into the world. Hmm. <sighs> I just think of, like when my dad grabbed the waitress's arm because he was worried about me. Like I don't understand that. Yeah. Will I understand it someday? I, th- I talked about it in the last episode. So if you missed the last episode, you have to go back yeah. to hear about that story. Um, but. What is that exactly? Just don't know. It's crazy. Was she put off by that or no? Ultimately, no. Mm-hmm. But like the gray area was beginning to be used. Ooh. You know, mm-hmm. to the point where I'm like, okay, let's stop grabbing people. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the, the olive oil scandal. Have I talked about the olive oil scandal in here at all? <laughs> no. I really? No. Okay, no. so at one point, my cousin from Italy, who, by the way, I think the last time I saw her, I was like two years old. I mean, I don't go see that side of the family very often, or at all, uh-huh. but I'm like friends with all them on Facebook, whatever, kind of talk. Um, she messages us being like, hey, like I'm selling olive oil, do you want to buy some? So I messaged my parents, and I'm like, hey, like, you know, so-and-so cousin is asking me about olive oil, like, do you know about this? And they're like, yeah, she's like starting a business, and I was sort of like... I kind of scoffed at it, and they're like, you know what? Like, they gave me some reaction, like I was being a dick. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll buy all of them. Uh-huh. I send her a hundred bucks. My dad does too. She then sends me a message, being like, hey, like the funds didn't clear on your end. Like, you need to release the funds to the whatever. And I look at my thing, and they're fully released. And I'm like, you know what? I didn't want this fucking olive oil <laughs> to begin with. I did this because because I felt bad. Way to sell a thing that I can buy down the street just as good as whatever you're fucking pulling out of your backyard or whatever, which I don't think, you know, I don't think it's that kind of farm to table operation anyway. Mm. Just some olive oil business. Uh, Italy is down the street from me. Sorry to break it to you. So I'm like, all right, this is officially <laughs> not worth it. I'm not going to respond anymore. Mm-hmm. I stop responding. My dad just can't let it go. He calls me. He's like, Hey, did she? I'm like, yes. And I was like, dad, something's like we're off with this. Like, I'm just, I'm done. I don't care if I get the olive oil. Or not. I didn't want the olive. Oil. <laughs> I never wanted the olive. Oil. And he's like, well, you know, he sends her money again. Same thing. She messages him, hey, you got a, it's not clearing, da-da-da. My dad just will not stop calling me about it. And at one point, I'm like, dude, this is the last time I'm talking about this. And then you're never, you can never talk to me about it again. I told you, I told you to begin with that this is, something's weird about this. We are not talking about this anymore. Uh-huh. So get it out. Gets it out, gets it out, whatever. She continues messaging me. I have messages that I haven't looked at from her. I'm like, and my dad... Like a couple of days ago, calls me again. He's like, you know what? I've decided, you know, I sent the money twice. You know, you know, these people, she, they don't have a lot of work opportunities. It's probably her employer who's scamming her because she's, or maybe she's doing, I don't I'm like, dad, who gives a shit, dude? He will not let it go. He just will not let it go. 
And he's like, I'm sorry I roped you into this. He then Venmos me for the money that I spent on the olive oil. I'm like, dude, you don't have to do that. Which is part of the reason why I paid for the Father's Day dinner anyway. I'm like, oh, I've already got this 120 bucks sitting here that you gave me that, that was written off. So he just, he believes that she is victim of a scam. And I don't know what the hell's going on, but how dumb is she? <laughs> if she's falling for the olive oil scam, my dad's like, you know, it's a brilliant scam. Is it? Is it a brilliant scam? I don't know, dude. Olive oil is a very random item that not everybody cooks with. Not everybody are fucking geeps like us, dude, who use olive oil and everything. You know what I mean? It's like a novelty <laughs> item that you can buy anywhere. I, uh, it's true. It's true. I, I have no idea how crowded the olive oil space is. I suspect it's quite crowded. It's probably pretty crowded. It's probably pretty crowded. But boy, oh boy, a good olive oil. Ooh. That's great. Agreed. That's a treat. But guess what? We ain't never getting ours. No, you're not. Dude, let's see. Let's see this message. I bet I still have it from her. This is so crazy. Like, is she serious, bro? Is this, did somebody hack her account? They claim that they spoke to her in person at some point about this. <laughs> they claim that they spoke. I might have just blocked her. I, I was, uh, while you're looking for that, I had this idea. I was thinking about to catch a predator. Mm-hmm. If, do you have it? No, it's, it's loading. I was thinking about to catch a predator and how we never really saw the world from the predator's perspective. Mm. We never saw, you know, we never saw their side. And I don't necessarily think they deserve a side. These are monsters, bad people. But I had this thought that after that whole situation with the baby Gronk and baby Gronk's dad, I thought about. Is there ever a world where I could pose as a predator and be the bait as a predator that they would use kids as to be the bait for the predators on that show? Oh yeah. And I would <laughs> I would pose as a predator to reveal that there are parents who are so fucking crazy about their kids that they would be willing to put them in a bad situation with a potential predator for the sake of clout right 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 you gotta you know to meet the casting director you gotta yeah you need to take your kid's (laughs) shirt off (laughs) you need to do this you know that uh no agree that's a really weird gig i I was thinking of like doing an entrapment A a kid opens the door for them yeah. Okay. And then the idea I had to flip it would be if I get the parents and the kids in the room, I tell the kids to leave, and then it's me talking to the parent for a second, and I say, oh, we'll finish our casting thing in a second. I'm just going to dip out into the back to wash my hands. And then the parent is waiting, and out comes a child... Who is the Chris Hansen of our show? Who's like, okay. Yeah, Who's yeah. like, what are you doing here? Yeah, you trying and it's to like get... a 10-year-old kid. Yeah. And they're like, I hear that you like to use children to, um, <laughs> to, to, to find your, you know, to get clout on the internet. <laughs> oh, let me guess. It's for their college fund? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you brought, you brought a, what do you have in your backpack? Oh, you have a sheet that is an application for a blue check mark? oh or you know you you can buy those now stuff like that yeah 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 
ten thousand dollars in cash that's a fun that's a fun concept dude i don't know we'll see you're right it's like how is that a thing but but the problem is being cast as that if i try to lay the trap posing as a predator i could end up in real trouble you know i think i think being the bait as a predator and putting out any feelers to any kind of a parent where they then might alert the FBI, and then I would have to say, "Oh no, it was all for a bit to try to make those parents look ridiculous." You can be a you can be a fake casting director instead of the show, which actually makes it work better. And not myself. No, you're just like, "Hey, I'm casting a show where we like we're kids, like our marks for these sexual predators." Right. Your kid will only be in harm's way for like thirty seconds, but like, oh. don't worry, we have snipers like waiting. <laughs> In case he tries to, you know, touch your kid or whatever. I see, I see, I see, I see. Uh, That's good. You know, send some face pics and some shirtless pics of your kid. So we make sure that they're, you know, they're fit, oh, they're fit enough. It's the triple cross that we're doing here. The triple. Mm-hmm. I see. Triple axle. That does provide a little bit of uh, safety from the FBI, I think. No, but it's okay. Yeah, there's no, no harm, no foul there, mm-hmm. you know. I mm-hmm. think you're good. You know, I've been thinking about this because... Um, I think I've told you this. There was a gubernatorial candidate in Maine. A, a what? A candidate for governor. Goober? Gubernatorial That's is the, uh, guber- the, the race for governor. Wow. And um, his name was uh, Elliot Cutler. And he was the independent candidate in Maine and had run against Paul LePage. I don't know how many years ago. This must have been like 2006. Fucking Paul LePage. Well, Paul LePage, this yeah. was, was, was the first time he ran against him? Because he ran against him twice. He ran twice, 10 and 14. 2010 was the first time he ran against him. Paul LePage was the Tea Party Republican candidate in Maine. And Maine's a weird state. You know, politically, it's... We have two liberal Democrat Congress people. Mm-hmm. I think we have an independent and a Republican senator. And then we had a very, very right-wing Tea Party governor. Interesting. And so it's just all over the map um, with our very few... Constituents. ...political representatives that we had. And um, this guy ran, and ran in 2010. He almost beat him. Almost Uh, beat LePage? He almost beat LePage, but LePage won. He, He ran against him four years later... I think he did not come as close the second time, or maybe he became closer. But in the last year, out of nowhere, this guy was very successful, big name in Maine, you know, almost won the governor's seat. The FBI discovered lots and lots of child pornography on his... On LePage? Computer. No. Okay. Uh, Elliot Cutler. And uh, they raided his house, and they he's in prison. Jesus. And he's got, you know, a wife and kids who were successful in their own right. I can't think of a worse situation than finding out that my dad is being taken by the FBI in handcuffs because he has tons of child pornography on his computer. Yeah, Jesus. How do you square that? I don't know, man. What do you do? I don't know. I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. That's My middle school vice principal got caught with child pornography, 
and he uh, was the most revered guy in our town. Everyone loved him, Ooh. and it was such a plot twist. He was a veteran. Uh, Patrick Lott was his name, and it was such shocking news. He set up cameras inside the uh, <gasps> high school locker room oh, no. and recorded the uh, basketball players while they were showering, and they found footage in his closet. And, uh, yeah, it was a big deal. Jesus Christ. Did someone find the cameras? Is that how he got in trouble? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, someone found the cameras, and then they raided his house, and his closet was filled with incriminating oh, man. CP. That's really bad, dude. Jesus. It's crazy. It's the people you least expect. That's crazy. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know why I, d- I tend to bring us towards that stuff a you lot. You like the child pornography topic. <laughs> I just think it's the most uh I think it's the most twisted thing. And 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 uh, uh, to borrow from Louis's like comedic line of reasoning, the fact that it still happens in spite of how much your life is finished if it is found out that you are operating in that stuff must mean that it it truly is you know a a sickness that these people are just i don't know they they i don't know it's crazy because you know what i mean it's crazy it's a crazy thing to be doing crazy thing to be doing i don't have a whole lot more on that i'm not trying to excuse that at all that's not what i'm saying i just uh fuck um yeah, dude, it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, fuck. Oh, yeah, I have one more thing, I guess, before we wrap it, before we bring it home here. Yeah. It's kind of random, but yeah, hit me. I went to, I went uptown to where I used to live, and there's this like homeless guy who sort of like terrorizes the neighborhood. If you see him, he, he gets in your face and like, and he, he gets you to like agree to something to just get rid of him, and then he will bother you till the end of time until you get it, until. Mm-hmm. Until and it's one of those things where like he he can't do anything to you, no. but for some reason you still don't want to see him. So at some point I started walking a different route to avoid him. But I remember the one of the people who I lived with, uh, he called him Curly. The homeless guy called this guy Curly, and he'd see me and he'd go, "Hey man," he goes, "If you see Curly, tell him I said fuck you, man." <laughs> <laughs> like dude, this guy is such a piece of shit. But I think he's still up there running around. I saw him the other day when I was up there. I'm like, dude, I cannot believe. They can't get this guy out of the neighborhood. <laughs> Everybody pays him off to leave him alone. Give him twenty bucks every couple months, and yeah. he won't talk to you. You know what I mean? It's just like he has a—he's running like a full extortion operation. Up well, there. good for him. A man living on the street. Good for Curly. Um, you got right. any emails? Should we do an email real Let's quick? do an email. The last Before email. We home, we'll let Francis uh, chime in here one final time. Uh, here we go. This is called writing this from a happy hour. Alcohol advice emergency. Uh, I think we replied when this was happening, since this had some urgency to it, but still worth revisiting. Uh, so needed some advice. Just found out I'm a volunteer drinker for police sobriety test training locally. It helps new officers learn how to administer the test for drunk drivers. You get to pick your alcohol and they provide it within reason. It's May 24th, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. The question is, what do I drink if I'm drinking all day long? Wow. I'm a Penn State alum. Shout out to Francis's, uh, Francis's wife. And she said, so I'm not a rookie, but usually switch it up. I can only do one drink all day. What would you pick? A couple of important pieces of info. I will not drink light beer. I'm an IPA girl. 
Two, will they provide mixers? Maybe a hangobi and a giant ice cube. Three, I'm considering a Moscow Mule or a Margarita for no whiskey or straight liquor. You can't. Let's eliminate some. You're not going to drink IPAs all day. It's too heavy. You feel awful. You just can't. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to drink a Moscow Mule all day because oh, it's way too much soda and sugar. Yeah. Margaritas, you could do a bunch of, but I do think you'd be a lot better off with a tequila soda with some lime juice. You're getting your soda water. You're getting water. It's a clear liquid. It's consistent. I would either do something like that or maybe like high noons, you yeah. know? What about wine? Yeah, maybe white wine. Because, I mean, with wine, you can go slow with it, too. Like, drinking more of it will do less to you than, like, tequila soda you can go through pretty quick if you're drinking them all day. I agree with you. Like, that's a safe bet. But something that you can, like, sip on. You know what I mean? If you don't want to overdo it. Mm -hmm. So I'm not understanding. So the point of this is that they try to get you wasted so that the the practicing cops can tell. Have you heard of this before? No. I didn't know about it. I guess it's they get you wasted and then they... They give, they let you get out of the car and they perform the sobriety test. Yeah, exactly. As you right. said. So yeah. That's kind of I mean, cool. So how is she a cop also? Like, why are you? I'm just oh, I think she probably just signed up signed for one up of these surveys. It. There's yeah, probably yeah. some kind Didn't of a stipend. Okay. And yeah. uh, I always remember they used to have kind of things like um, sleep, sleep testing. Sometimes it would be, we're going to keep you awake for 24 hours and then run tests on you. Oh, yeah. Or whatever, and you'd get that they would offer a lot of money for it. And I thought about signing it up up for it sometimes. But. I know, I forget who did this. I think Josh Wesson maybe did this, where he did something where they like blindfold you for like three days or something, and then they then when you take the blindfold off, they like do experiments on you. And apparently, he said I think that when he took the blindfold off, he could just fully see in the dark, oh. which is crazy. <laughs> like in, in, in a darkness where like he would have not been able to see a single thing previously. Wow. Which I thought was pretty crazy. Um, That's pretty cool. I guess technically you are dark adapting your eyes at that point. Right, right? Yeah. Um, Well, dude, I guess that's it. That's it, pal. Oops the pod. Good run, Francis. Appreciate you, G. It's been a nice time, Appreciate you, Ryan. Chris, we love you. Chris, we love you. Thanks to the audience. too much pasta. (laughs) Thank you. uh, Thanks all the fans and everybody for, for having me and putting up with my bullshit and you guys will definitely enjoy julio's carrying on voice of reason voice of intellect yeah Um, and guys listen i mean this is you know the most important thing for me right now i think as far as just like keeping my life going and rocking and rolling so you know would really be appreciated if you you ride with me i'd love to hear what you guys think if there's things that you want to hear people you want to see whatever we're we're definitely open to suggestions and listening and trying to make something that you guys like listening to. Um, but, you know, we'll stay ever committed to bringing you good programming every week. And uh, I thank you in advance. Facts well, with Ryan. Facts with Ryan. Facts with Ryan. Just that the podcast has gone 201 consecutive weeks and there's no plan on that stopping anytime soon. Wow. That's a good one, Ryan. Thank you. Well, that's coming right up on four years. I thought it was four years, but I guess it's August. August, four years. Amazing. Um, G, you got any live comedy coming up? Yeah. Uh, Vulcan Gas Company, uh, Austin, Texas, two shows, July 14th. We're going to have a New York date in August as well. 
uh, probably at the stand comedy club and uh, a bunch of stuff coming down the pipe in the fall. Not Julio.com. What about you, Francis? Cool. I'll have, uh, let's see. I've got Phoenix, Arizona in September, then Boston, Toronto, Providence and Washington, DC, Arlington draft house. All of that coming up in the fall. Tickets are available at FrancisEllis.com. I can't wait to meet you all. Thanks, everybody. It's been a great ride. I love you all. Love you, boys. And uh, good luck. Thank you. You too, man. Appreciate it.